Hello and welcome to Dialogue, the Diapoint podcast. I'm your host, Pam Durant. Today I will be speaking with Oz Erbosh Soyander. She is the founder and CEO of Sprout. Sprout is a business which makes nutrient-dense foods for kids that are 100% plant-based and entirely driven by scientific research, which the company ensures through liaisons with nutrition authorities and experts from around the world. Oz conceptualized Sprout in May 2019, and the company officially launched in April 2020 in Dubai. If you're in Dubai, you may have even seen them around Dubai Expo and some of their food I've seen also in supermarkets as well. Oz has a bachelor's and a master's in biochemistry, specializing in immunology from the Freie University in Berlin, Germany. In her professional career, she worked at PwC's Middle East branch in Abu Dhabi, the world's largest professional management services firm. And she served as a senior consultant in strategy and operations there. However, after becoming a parent, Oz saw a market gap in healthy children's food, and she decided to create Sprout. At Sprout, being a biochemist and a serious hobby chef, Oz is involved in all things nutrition, product research and development, partnerships, business strategy, and coordinating operations. She is involved in all areas of this business and is very passionate about the food. Please welcome Oz to the show. So Oz, welcome to the show. I am so happy to have you here. And I think we're going to have a lot of talk, a lot to talk about because I know we have a lot of similar passions when it comes to food um, and nutrition. And I really can't wait for this discussion because I think it's going to be very insightful for a lot of people. I think a lot of people listening are also going to say, ah, yes, you know, the It's going to validate a lot of things for people, but I also hope it's going to clear up a lot of confusion for people and also just help more people find out about the, you know, the wonderful work and what you're doing. So why don't you start, you know, kind of from the beginning, tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey and how you came to um, do what it is that you're doing now. Yeah, sure. Thank you, Pam. Um, Likewise, I'm very excited to um, actually connect with you over this discussion. Thank you for having me. I likewise admire what you're doing. So um, it's mutual. Uh, let me explain a little bit, just give a bit of background uh, about myself. So I uh, was born and raised in Germany, in Berlin, and I also did my studies there. Um, I studied biochemistry. I did my bachelor's in biochemistry. And then I did my master's in biochemistry. And as part of my biochemistry uh, uh, focus, uh, inevitably, you um, come in contact with health and the medical boundaries of biochemistry, right? How, how does that, what does that mean in, in clinical terms? What effects does this have clinically? But I left biochemistry and I left my studies and then moved on to the, moved to the Middle East and did something completely else. I became a management consultant. Uh, because I uh, was on the back of my head. It was like, all right, I don't want to be in a laboratory anymore. That would have been my fate. Um, But I do want to know how to, I I want to learn how to do business and how to uh, operate a business and uh, every details you would have with that. So I said, all right, let's go to the Middle East, somewhere where it's warmer than in Berlin because it's perpetually cold there. And uh, I joined a management consulting firm here, became a management consultant. In end of 2015, I had my first daughter, uh, Selena, uh, who's now six years old. And when Selena was born, I, um, 
I started thinking about, all right, so now there's this human being that needs to be fed and it's my responsibility. I made her. <laughs> so I have to really do diligence here and understand what do I need to give her? What does she need? And initially she was, I breastfed her. Uh, so the first six months she was on breast milk. And then when she started weaning off, that's when I really went into detail into pediatric nutrition. So what does she need exactly in terms of nutrients? Where am I getting these nutrients from? How much of these nutrients does she need per day, per week? What's the, what's the intervals that we are looking at? And that set me off that actually in hindsight now explains why we are, why Sprout was born, because that was the precursor to Sprout. Uh, through that research, I realized, hang on, everything that my child needs, and not only my child, everyone else's child needs, is not readily available, is not convenient, and I have to go out of my way to uh, become a little Sherlock Holmes in the supermarket, read packaging, read labels, read, in, read ingredients, and then spend a lot of time cooking. In my specific instance, it was okay because I'm an obsessed chef. I love to be in the kitchen. Everyone else hates it. I love it. But that is not the case for the majority of parents. And that basically sort of like set up the, the beginnings of Sprout. I met Katarina. Uh, she was, she's on the other side. She's a consumer. As in like she's the, she's the one that struggles with the kitchen and she's the one that struggles with reading the nutrition fact label. She doesn't want to read them. And I think uh, now, by now, I think she shouldn't be. No one should uh, be required to. There should be some safeguarding in the system that helps parents. And then we sort of like said, all right, let's, let's do Sprout. Let's, let's, let's go into, um, because food, healthy food made from whole foods for kids with a health-first approach where every product you develop, you only develop for nutrition perspective, for nutrition purposes. The purpose of this food is to nurture this child. That does not exist. And that is the, that is the main gap in the market. Products are built for shelf life and for profits, which is great. I mean, you have to uh, make a company run, right? But not, for, not with the health-first approach. So yeah. that's something we wanted to change. Yeah, making this is a discussion, and we've kind of had this before. Making a company run, but not at the expense of yeah. the health of children or adults or or anybody, because yeah. that's yes. kind yes. of very unethical. Yeah, yes. I I agree with you. I struggled also when my son was born to find a lot of healthy options. I think now it's a little bit better when I go in and I kind of see what's available for small children. There's a few more choices. It is by far from, you know, yeah. fan fantastic, but where we were, he's 14 now. So where we were like 13 years ago, it's yeah. better, but we, like you did so much cooking of everything at home. I didn't buy any kind of, you know, jarred baby food for such a yeah. long time. And when I, when I did, I was super selective about what it was. Yes, he still ended up with type 1 diabetes, not because of how he ate. So for anyone listening that doesn't have experience with diabetes, type 1 diabetes is autoimmune. They're not really sure why it happens. And my son's living proof that, you know, 20 months old and eating very healthy, home-cooked, plant-based food, it wasn't anything to do with the diet. So it's something in the immune system. Type 2 diabetes which is happening more and more in children and should not be 
can be the result of lifestyle choices. Sometimes it's also genetic because insulin resistance, and that's a whole nother discussion. So I just want to differentiate between those because yeah, di- yeah. diabetes can happen for a lot of reason. Yes. And for whatever reason you get it, whenever you do have diabetes, you will have so much better outcomes when you eat healthy plant-based food for any chronic yes. condition, really, I think, yes. dare yes. I yes. say. Yes. You're absolutely right. I mean, it's, um, you can get it for a variety of reasons. Much of the type 2 diabetes is driven by our current food system. It's not necessarily the parents go out and actually intentionally want to no. it. It's, no, right? they it's, don't. They have no choice. They What's have the no choice? choice, and some don't have the education and background yes. that we had to know. Right. When I but speak who with, yeah, who yeah. has, right? Who, 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 no, who has the burden? Like, who on who? I'm not a plumber. It, when I when I have plumbing issues in my house, I call the expert, right? And I get a plumber in. So do you need to burden, not you as in Pam, but do we as a society, are, uh, why do we burden parents to be specialists in nutrition if for any other profession we're getting actually expert help? And how is it that there is no firmer uh, or better policy making and regulation that kind of helps you sift out those that are not meeting certain standards, right? Um, mm-hmm. Like if I go specifically with my child and we had this discussion at the, in the office the other day, if I go with my child to a play area, that is a business that caters to children specifically, right? It's something else than taking your child to a mall. You're going to a play area. That is catered to children. I think those areas cannot have or shouldn't have only Snickers, Mars, cookies, chips, sugared popcorn. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Not yeah. acceptable in my books. I agree. Sorry. I agree. Catering to children. I'm not saying uh, take them all out. That's not what I'm saying. Make room for healthy things to coexist. Yeah, you might have less of a profit margin there. But that's the business you chose to be in. Mm-hmm. I mean, there has to be some ethical responsibility in that, in that setting, right? Same with yeah. schools. You are a school. Children come to you. They have to come to you. You can't be offering chicken nuggets and french fries in the school canteen. Sorry, not acceptable to me. Yeah, that was one thing I loved about my son's nursery is they always have these amazing, you know, home-cooked, pure uh, foods. I, I would still yeah. send food a lot of the times because we had to count all the carbohydrates yeah. and everything we cooked and what he ate and it was not processed. Um, yeah. but regard, yeah, regardless that should not be happening for anyone. I absolutely agree. And like, for those of you listening, once I was having the discussion with Rachel, we were talking about something and everyone in Sprat was in the office and I was telling stories about how these things are so frustrating and infuriating. And then if you're watching the video, you'll be able to see it. But Oz like stuck her head in the screen and she's like, we talk about this every day because it's, it's a huge issue. And when I, I look around and I see unhealthy children, I see obese children. I just want to cry because this should not be happening. And it's not the fault of the parents. The pediatric endocrinologists that I talk to, they tell me a lot of examples of children that come in that are morbidly obese and they're like already like 10 or 12 years old. And it's not the fault of the parents. The parents don't know. They don't, they, 
of course, nobody goes out and and intends to say, hey, I'm going to give my child diabetes, but these foods are marketed as they're being okay, or they're fun, or they're marketed for children, and it's not, it's not okay. And then suddenly over time, the weight comes on and the doctor says, what kind of future is this child going to have? Bariatric surgery as a teen? Where, where are they going to go to exercise? And then the whole social thing around it, the shame that I can only imagine what that child must be feeling. It's I mean, and the overweight and obesity in early childhood is sort of like the epicenter for a lot of things coming from there, right? Yeah. If it, it, it almost feeds into other diseases directly. Oh, absolutely. Like Morbidity, mortality. Yeah. yeah, see, all of it, right? So it really is essential that we really help bring about change in many different shapes and forms, right? Change in terms of education, change in terms of better products, change in terms of better policies. At all these instances and levels, change needs to be, has to be uh, affected. Otherwise, I, 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 uh, I'm in the same boat. My, my heart breaks. My heart breaks. Yep, I agree. So for those listening that are not familiar with your amazing company, can you <laughs> tell us what it is that, that you do at Sprout? Right. Uh, so Sprout is a kids' food business with a mission to make better foods for children. And we do this by closing a gap in the market that is focused on getting children to eat more plants. All our meals are 100% whole food plant-based. They are uh, following certain nutrition requirements, pediatric nutrition requirements, and uh, are designed to um, supply children with those nutrients they really need and bring in that balance of fruit, having whole grain, legumes, and veggies in your diet daily, which is really hard here. So we have over 500 customers currently, and we have only one, one uh, vegan customer. Hmm. Interesting. And yeah, because it, it's not the plant-based folks that need us. It's the omnivorous households that yes. really struggle to uh, design a, a fully plant-based, whole food plant-based meal. Uh, that's where those issues lie. So that's what we specialize in. Uh, we do uh, foods for toddlers and children, toddlers being one to four years old and children being five to 10 years old. We have adults ordering children food. <laughs> I believe so it. You sent me some here. and I yeah, ate yeah. it and it was amazing. Okay. It's so good. So yeah, and it, especially if if you're struggling how to eat healthy, it would yeah. make sense as an adult also because you know we have all these apps to get food delivered to us, yes. which ninety nine percent of it is not good for us. Yes, yes, exactly. So exactly. we'll be on Talabat soon. So okay. Oh, we're amazing. just about to uh, prepare everything and get them ready. So maybe amazing. in like ten days or so, we'll be available. At, on That's Talabat. exciting. Yes. So we do. So, and we are going to add now infant food. So six months plus for the infants. And um, aside from that, we have different products or product categories. So we have meals. These are the meals that you have. We have uh, breakfasts. Uh, we have frozen items in there. Go things like dumplings or like ice popsicles or smoothie coats, what we call smoothie coats. That's what's nice. what it actually is. 
yeah, so that's basically in a nutshell. Sprout Sprout is uh, currently focusing on providing better food for children. Yeah, ambitious plan. Other things no, well. I mean, maybe once upon a time it's ambitious, but it's reality now. So it's it's yeah. ama- it's amazing. Which yeah. Yeah. and I I love yeah. that because I'm sure probably back when you were in the lab doing biochemistry, you know, did you ever think that you would be creating amazing healthy food for children yeah now looking back uh it kind of makes sense i wasn't back in the day i wasn't but i always was i'm obsessed with nature i love nature i i'm like always stunned by how things have evolved why they are the way they are um like all of all of how nature operates and is like interconnected and that system is in such a beautiful balance. It's us, when we stop appreciating that balance, that things get out of whack. They, they are then imbalanced. And it's within the unit of a body, of a human body, that happens. And also in the, in the world, right? I mean, look at what we're doing with deforestation and all the uh, other things that are happening. When, when we start interfering and intervening in a negative way, it's not great, right? But looking back, I kind of like think like, hmm, maybe this, this was, this actually makes a lot of sense that I'm doing what I'm doing because I am obsessed with food. I love nutrition. I had to take care of my children and I had to do this for them, right? And then I realized is actually everyone needs this. Everyone needs a better balanced diet today. Every kid needs it. That's for sure. Definitely. Definitely. And I think it's harder to teach kids because there's so much outside influence and food marketing has always been a thing Ah, since we we were young. And actually I have an amazing presentation I've done for around kind of adolescent age about how food is marketed to them. And I really thought that kids, the, the, I, the first time I did this was a few years ago. And I thought kids nowadays are so much smarter than we are. And they're going to say, oh, we already know this. But actually, when I started to talk to them about it, I could see on their face that they'd never thought of food in this context before. And the messages that they're oh, getting, yeah. like, you know, some of the famous soft drinks, just the way those are marketed, who they choose, you know, football heroes and I mean, I'm so sorry, you know, to say it, Beyonce, Pepsi paid her crazy money to market it. And of course, these are all people that children and adults look up to, but they're very smart in how they do it. And then also the ultra processed foods, the way that they're researching them in the lab to make them more addictive, crunchier, taste better and to like down to the chemical reactions that our brains have when we're eating it is frightening yeah. yeah i mean if you just take a step back and you think about is there anybody would you ever binge eat on broccoli i kind of have but because i want to <laughs> yeah, yeah. but, but i'm weird like that yes well there was that one time there is there is there is uh, there is actually it's it's in if you take things like whole foods from nature that concept of binge eating, overeating, you're intending to eat a handful of chips, but you end up eating the whole pack. Yeah. Why? Because it's addicting. I can't do that. And if, yeah. and, and <laughs> as an adult, and it's also important to teach your kids this too, to realize if you're a stress eater, 
which I can be like, I won't keep chips or crisps or anything like that at home because when I want something, I like crunchy things and I love the textures of foods. And now ultra processed crunchy stuff, you can imagine that's not a good place for me to be. So one time though, I did test it. I'm like, I'm really craving something crunchy and I don't have anything. So I went into my refrigerator and I pulled out all the produce that I needed to use in the next couple of days. And I made the salad and I would have to chew. And that really got the stress out. So I, I, I took a picture of it and I wrote about it and I called it my stress salad. And so yeah. now I try to make a stress salad instead of, you know, get something, but it's yeah. hard because yeah. the, the temptation is there. It's yes. We we're and, addicted. Yeah. And you know, what's really, so I'm not, by no means anti-packaged food. Right. So I, I, mm-hmm. I want to take a moment to make this clear. Yeah. Yeah. Same I'm not here. Anti Every, against, everything in uh, packaged food. Yes. Right. You will have your moment where you eat chips. You'll have your moment. You drink Coke. You have your moment. The, the problem is not. The problem is the frequency of this. Yes. Exactly. And the, the probability of your child being exposed to ultra processed foods is just super high. Yes. And what the end up uh, what ends up happening is that 60% of children, uh, 60% of what children eat in a day ends up being processed or ultra processed food. And that is just way too much. I agree. That is way too much. I'm surprised that it's not more than 60% for some, to be honest. I mean, maybe that's an average. It's outdated. I can send you the report. But I think it's a bit outdated. Um, I'm, I'm sure it's more than that. Yeah, it's not. It's not going your down. Cookie here, your your. It, it's like everything. White bread is ultra processed. Oh yeah, bread. yeah. yeah so we just put a video up about bread, bread, and you're not counting it as a, a processed food. Uh, white bread with white flour is an ultra processed thing. It hasn't been. Uh, I don't know. Um, made with whole grain and sourdough fermentation like uh, natural Mm -hmm. fermentation, it's made in a factory. Exactly. Exactly. People (laughs) need to be mindful of that. And even if you start, like what I find my, the challenge now with the teenager, we started eating very healthy. He loved it. You know, we opened his palate up to so many things. And like many families in Dubai, we traveled to many places. My son loves to travel. So he was a bit adventurous, like, you know, going to places, cultures like Japan, where there's not so much processed food was just so much fun for him because he got to try all this amazing stuff. But now back here, you know, with friends and at school, and I was, you know, don't get me wrong, the times when we were in lockdown and COVID and all of these things that our kids went through were really challenging. But there was a small part of me that was super happy when they said, because of COVID, we can't like bring in food from outside anymore because donuts were coming in every other day for the birthday. And it, it wasn't like a once a year thing. And even now there's an upcoming sport event and they, they have a canteen and they sell things. And of course you want it to be fun, but then they always associate parties or sporting events with, with ultra processed foods. Like a hot yes. dog is not yeah. what anybody needs to eat after a sport. So yeah. It, yeah. it's, it's part of, like you said, it's a systematic yeah. problem. There's no, I'm not like pointing fingers at the school or at parents that want to send in donuts or anything like that. It's part of a larger systematic problem where we do what's convenient or what seems fun, but we're not really stepping back and looking at how is this really affecting us in the short yes. and long term? Yes. Yeah. I just walked out this morning. I dropped my kids at school. I'm walking out. I'm looking at the cafeteria's uh, menu 
on the way out because there's like a board, a blackboard written what's on the menu. Chicken hot dogs. <gasps> How is a hot dog finding a place on a school canteens or cafeterias uh, blackboard? How is this? How is this not? Yeah, this was to say, how is that even legal? (laughs) Yeah, how is this even legal? Yes, yes, Katarina loves to say that. And I agree with her. She says, I'm looking at, I'm going to a restaurant with my child. I'm looking at the kids' menu. I see chicken nuggets, french fries, burgers, pizza, and maybe a pasta with like some sad ketchup y Mm -hmm. tomato sauce. You don't Mm -hmm. know, is there tomato in there or no? Yeah, and and it's a refined pasta, not even like a whole grain pasta. This is ultra processed food. You and I and everyone else on the planet defines this as junk food. Yet we have made junk food, kids food, because we've put a title on top of the segment and we call it kids food. When we go to a restaurant, the waiter brings the kids menu. We're teaching our children that that's your food. And then you want them to eat broccoli at home. Yeah, it's it's so challenging. Until my son was about five-ish, maybe four, he had never seen a kid's menu. We kind of went yeah. to, you know, similar restaurants or we'd go to a restaurant that didn't have a kid's menu. And then once we were with some friends and they had two kids and they asked for the kid's menu and the look on my son's face was as if like, wait, there, there's a menu just for me. I've been cheated. And you, yeah, I've been cheated. And you didn't tell me this. And then he he got the kids menu, but at that time that was like kind of the fish phase in his life, and he was really enjoying fish and and other things. And he looked on there, and he didn't even know what to order because he had not had. And this isn't about like you know raising a kid that's a freak. It's like healthy, well balanced stuff. He didn't really know what a chicken nugget was. Yeah. He didn't. Yeah. He wasn't into pasta. Yeah. I mean, pizza we yeah. would like make it at home, or he, he just did it. He couldn't yeah. get his head around it. And then after that, you know, we still didn't go for the kids menu, but he, he was aware of it. And that yes. was so, you know, it's bittersweet because kids do have to go out in the world and they, they do yes. have to understand these foods. Like I tell everyone that has a child with type one diabetes and we don't make any foods forbidden. That was one of the first pieces of advice that the doctor gave to me. He said, let him eat everything because you know, healthy or not, they still need insulin and they need to navigate their blood sugar and learn what foods work for them and don't work for them. So we are also not anti anything, but everything in moderation, you know, there are some things that we try to steer clear of more often than others, Yes, but you know, you got to just teach your kids. It can't be like the kids menu five, six days a week. That is, that is no way to eat. No, and no, and if not. you if you really knew what they put inside hot dogs and chicken nuggets, then well, I don't think I know, we would ever eat it again. And yeah, I know, and I think many more people need to know. And now a word from our sponsor. Dialogue, the Diapoint podcast, is brought to you by the Diapoint Shop. Diapoint is a place for people touched by diabetes. We support people through education, events, services, and advocacy, as well as with beautiful diabetes accessories sold in the D-Shop. Visit diapointshop.com to see all of the wonderful, useful things that we have to support you in your health, wellness, and diabetes. We offer the highest quality possible and have tried or regularly use most of the items in the shop ourselves. 
Check out www.diapointshop.com now to get the latest in health, wellness, and accessories. Now back to the show. Cured meats um, such as bacon, hot dogs, and salamis, and your cold cuts, and all that like cured and processed meats, they're classified as a uh, level one carcinogen, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. The cancer association, right? And what does that mean? Level one means uh, we know it causes cancer, right? That's what it means because cigarettes are also in that category, mm-hmm. right? Yes. We know there's sufficient evidence today uh, that we know that eating processed meats causes cancer. Now, what's the risk of you getting cancer? Because you have eaten one hot dog. Yeah. That's a different story. Exactly. What's the risk of you getting lung cancer because you've smoked two cigarettes? That's a different story. But why would I put my child on this palate? I don't yeah. want them to be on that palate. Yeah, that's you don't my, want it to be their the, norm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's why I don't. Um, that's that's the that's the issue I'm personally having. It's not the one chicken nugget that is going to uh, kill my child. Obviously yeah. not. Yeah, exactly. But I don't want them to get this as their default palate. I want their default palate to be whole food, plant-based. Yeah, that's that's what the science says. Right. And it's the same thing in the, you know, lifestyle medicine uh, certification I've done, functional medicine. Everything goes back to whole plant-based food. So as much whole plant-based as you can. Yes, so yes. I have a question and, and I never thought about it in this context before. Um, one of the podcasts I listened to, it's an ultra marathon runner and he interviews a lot of people. So there, you can imagine there's a lot of talk about food, nutrition, and he's a vegan ultra athlete, which is super cool. Yes. Um, the plant-based processed foods. Yeah. Are they any healthier than yeah. the so- other processed foods? Yes. Uh, okay. That's a discussion I actually very recently had with my husband. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so um, my take on it, my personal take on it. When you ask yourself, is this healthy? You have to compare it against something. You can't just say in and of itself, uh, a product is healthy. Healthy in comparison to what? So I'll give you an example. Um, what Potato is healthy right? Compared to what? Compared to a sweet potato, an orange sweet potato, it's not. Because the sweet potato is healthier, has more nutrients than the white potato, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. Taking this thought, taking it to processed vegan foods. Um, Processed vegan foods, in comparison to their processed animal counterparts, are better. But processed vegan foods in and of itself is also something you shouldn't be having too often. Yep. Right? I mean, there is, it's really hard. Yeah. We, we also have the same thing. So when I have the choice, um, uh, and that sort of like over the last two years, those products ranges in the supermarkets grew, and I finally could get a plant-based chicken nugget. Because mm-hmm. that's that's like the one thing that I really crave occasionally. Um, but is it healthy? No, 
I mean, and what do we define exactly as healthy? It does give you some macros. It gives you the carbs, it gives you the protein, it gives you uh, a bit of fiber in some cases in the plant-based product range. It gives you, if it's fortified, it gives you some micronutrients as well. And then what else do you really need? I mean, if if I want to cheat, if if I want to cheat, I cheat with processed plant-based foods, but they're not health foods. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what the... Similarly, the discussion was saying, and like you, I don't like meat. I never did. And I mean, I grew up with parents that had a relatively large garden and like one of my first memories was sitting out there eating things. So I've always been eating well, but I've never enjoyed meat, red meat, just didn't like the texture and whatnot. So yeah, if I'm going to do that and I still don't even, I'm not like a burger kind of person. So I still don't really enjoy that. But when I look at like you said, it in the last couple of years, it's boomed. If I'm going to do that, like, let's say, okay, taco night mm-hmm. and everyone else in my house would rather have meat tacos. I'll go get yeah. a plant-based meat taco, but it's good to look and compare them because also there can be a lot of food coloring. There's a lot of ingredients yeah. with names that we don't even know what they mean. And, you know, those I say always, maybe it's good to avoid, but also yes. I think there's still, because all of this plant-based processed food is so new it's not been studied in detail yet and early reports are suggesting that it may not be any healthier than the other processes I like to believe it's a little bit healthier but yeah it is a bit healthier I mean you don't have the cholesterol you don't have the hormones in them which are um, Mm. native to the animal right you can't even eliminate you can't even take it out i mean Uh, yeah or antibiotics and stuff yeah right you can't even like take it out it's like inherent as part it comes as part of the package right Mm. you don't have that but um it's not a house food it's it's also your cheat food and it's great that it exists because occasionally i do need a plant-based chicken nugget (laughs) i do sometimes the chips aren't enough (laughs) maybe this could be like one of your future developments like the ultimate best macro rich chicken nugget fake chicken yeah not real chicken i mean plant-based chicken nugget. you just you just want to have or you go to a uh barbecue and um dubai thank god um over the winter months it's like perfect to have like barbecues in the garden everyone Mm -hmm. eats the burger what are you gonna eat what am i gonna eat with my children but I'm going to go there with like a bell pepper or a mm. corn. Mm. No, it's good that these products exist because they, they reunify, help us reunify. Because That's I can true. then just like grab a plant-based burger patty and then my kids have that burger patty. Yeah. Oh, so my kids don't like it. <laughs> my so my son doesn't either. I, I bring my own. I know. There's that one great brand from Australia and they have a few different ones, like ones from Edamame uh, and there there's a... a you know, other plant-based kind of burger patties. Yeah. And I brought some of those to barbecues yeah. for myself. Yeah. And my son is like, oh yeah. my gosh, mom, I'm so embarrassed. You know, and I'm like, yeah. hey man. Yeah, they're not, yeah. they didn't grow up with the taste of meat. So they don't like anything that tastes like meat or resembles meat. Uh, also what I find is like for us, it's um, these patties are generally too thick and they're mm-hmm. too heavy. So yeah. you really have a st- uh, tummy ache after eating that one, what's de- designed to be one patty is just too much. So we yep. usually slice them in half. So one patty becomes two patties for mm. two burgers. 
Uh, and idea. then we load up with like some lettuce, tomato, and pickles, and a few condiments, and then that's that's much more palatable for mm-hmm, us. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. No, I like that because that's the other thing too. With if you have diabetes and you eat something that's like really thick and really heavy, yeah. And even if you give insulin, it may look like your blood sugar is beautiful, and you're yeah. like, oh, I made it the first two hours, but look at your blood sugar three, four hours later as your body's breaking down all the fat and everything in that. And that is the issue anyway. uh, It is uh, one of the fundamental issues for diabetes. Yes. That's why, that's why we're saying like saturated fat actually specifically Mm, is, um, is something you need to keep an eye on. Right. And it's really hard in the plant world to come by high sources, concentrated sources of saturated fat. So mm-hmm. concentrated source of saturated fat is, for example, coconut oil mm-hmm. or palm oil. That's why these two also lend themselves uh, for industrial mm-hmm. uh, processing. So you can do a lot of things with it. So mm-hmm. that's like, that's why they're using palm oil everywhere. Not only yeah. it's cheap, but it's also like it's specific um, characteristics. But that's something you need to keep an eye on. And these plant-based patties, as far as I could tell, I mean, at least comparatively what I've seen so far is they have their good dose of saturated fat. It's still, I think, less than, than a regular burger made from meat, but it could also be much more depending on the brand as well as when you use vegan cheese and all the vegan cheese currently in the market, all of it. There's not a single exception that I know that is in the supermarket that doesn't fit this description. They're all made of coconut oil to some extent or some saturated fat because that's what you need to harden it. Mm -hmm. You can't get the hardened sliced Mm. version and that melting when you put it on the, on, on the tongue, the texture, like the experience uh, without saturated fat Mm. and that plus the patty together that then gets like into an overkill zone in terms of saturated fat. But again, if you just have this once a week, who cares? Mm, Yeah. Right. And if everything else in your diet is so perfect, as in like so whole food, so plant-based, lots of beans, lots of uh, other legumes, lentils, black beans, kidney beans, uh, you have lots of like veggies, whole grains, who cares about the burger you eat with that saturated fat? Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Again, everything in moderation and balance it and also exercising activity. Yes. With exercise, sleep, that all contributes, right? Mm-hmm. It all contributes, uh, has its own uh, roles. To Amazing. Play. Yes. So, so for people that are listening, then if they yes. don't really have a, a lifestyle rich in plants and they're inspired by this and they're, you know, yes. saying, Oh, I want to feed my kids better. I want to do things differently. And of course, the first step is order from Sprout. We know that. Yes, sure. That's, that's the first step you can take. <laughs> yes. The easiest step, and we'll have the links in the show notes for everything. But what are some other things that they can do to improve, you know, what their children are eating? It's, there's many questions within one, but yes. improve what they're eating, get their children to embrace eating more plant based foods or just vegetables right. in general. And even for yeah. adults might be the same thing. What are some easy, easy wins or, or things that they can do? Okay. So this will entirely depend on the child, uh, on, on the child's uh, age. 
But what I do normally when I want to get my uh, little ankle biters to get excited about something, I actually go shopping with them, buy that specific veggie or buy that specific thing. Then on the way, we'll talk about like, okay, what can we do with this? What do you think? Should we boil it? Should we steam it? Should we drop it in water? Should we put it in a pan? What do you think? Do you think this will taste, change the taste or not? And then it's not so much about them eating it. I want the first session to be about curiosity. That's what I want. I want them to get curious and excited and see what they can do with it and how does it change and how does the taste change using different methods. I know this is time consuming. I know not everybody is into this, but this is like one way. Make this a bit of a game. Also, mm-hmm. uh, don't overthink it. You don't need to come up with a complex spiced uh, stew that has all these food groups in them. So at Sprout, our philosophy is we'll give you definitely three, mandatorily three food groups in a, in a meal. All the foods are made from veggies, whole grain, and legumes. That mandatorily that is in. And then depending on the recipe, there'll be nuts and seeds or not. There'll be other things in there. There's always spices in there, et cetera, et cetera. But you don't need to think that complex. Think simple. Either get canned legumes, like canned kidney beans, canned uh, lentils if that's too time consuming if not cook them cook them prep them freeze them Mm -hmm. right as in cook them and have them in little ziplocs and stack them up in your freezer so when you do make a rice chuck in one of the portion of lentils in your rice boom legumes in the rice every kid eats rice add some legumes in there Uh, also don't model things too much for children when you want when you want to get them started on something right so don't don't like make Make it, oh, I'm going to add lentils and this and this and this. And then the kid gets something they're overwhelmed with. That's too much. Start with one. Start with the singular ingredient. If it's a veggie, for example, you want your child to uh, love broccoli. Just steam the broccoli, put some salt on it, serve it. Right? If they don't eat it, say, all right, cool, no problem. Don't eat it. But serve it the next day also. You know they said no, but make them look at it. Then. You could, depending on the age of your child, you could make it a game. You could ask them, do you know what this does in your body? Just talk about it. Make this sort of like bring it alive, right? And get curiosity involved. Um, there's lots of things, but it, it comes down to uh, how much are you able to invest in this, right? But being ready in the kitchen, being prepared is a key step. That's like, That's the most important thing. Um, Even your whole grains, soak them overnight. uh, Boil them the next day with a pressure cooker. Instant pot. Amazing thing. It was on sale. I just Mm -hmm. got one. Finally. Oh, I I don't have one. Is it it worth it? Like all the rage? It's It's just so much easier. Because with the pressure cooker, sometimes it doesn't click properly. And then you have like technical issues. The instant pot is just so easy. You just chuck it all in, put some water in, push the button, let it cook. Then you have cooked whole grains. Okay, again, same thing. Portion, freeze, have it ready. And you could do this kind of prep work, depending on how big your freezer and everything is, once every two weeks. Mm-hmm. You prep a few legumes, you prep a few whole grains, you have them ready. You can take a handful, toss it in the salad. You can take a handful, put it in other meals that you already are used to, right? And that's how you begin this journey bit by bit. Mm-hmm. And as you have these things ready, things will come up. Things will come up. You'll find recipes you can utilize. 
but being prepared is, uh, is I think, at, sits at the core of this. I love that. Is there any kind of statistic? And again, probably not because every child's different, but I find, and it's hard, like our kids, like they will break you. They know our weak points and it's hard to be patient and yes. when they're not doing it. And I hear a lot of yes. parents sometimes they'll say, but my kid just won't eat these things. Yes. And then they give up. Yeah. Yeah. So the parents, so we, I'm seeing two things that are really, that I really would like, want to address. Number one is just because your child said no to something today on Thursday, it doesn't mean that they will say no to the same thing tomorrow on Friday. Don't take the no of your child as in like, that's it. It's definite. And after this, I have to ban lentils from my cuisine, from my kitchen, right? It, children don't work like that. Their, their minds don't work like that. They don't like it in this moment. Maybe they, it didn't look right to them or maybe they had a bad day. They didn't feel well. Whatever the reason is, don't take it for like as the final decision. Keep on presenting it. So that's one thing. And when a child refuses a food, you have, you have no ch- choice but to retrieve. I, I mean, you, you, you can't go, you, you can't push. If you do push and you push too hard, You'll just like push them away. That's not what you want. I told my, my little girl, Luna. So Selena is a great eater. She eats everything. I mean, I have like really blessed with her. Luna is a problem kid. And for the longest time ever, she hated broccoli, right? She hated it. Although she's made plant-based, right? I'm 100%, almost 100% uh, plant-based, but she hated it. And it, I was convinced that's not because of the taste. It's not because of the taste. It's because whatever, maybe she saw in a cartoon that broccoli was villainized, which is also an issue, mm-hmm. by the way. Broccoli is always the evil. Broccoli should yeah, never be Yeah, broccoli. If not broccoli, uh, yes, yes. it's spinach yes. or something. But yeah, spinach, you're yes. right. That's also the problem. It is really a problem because it sticks with them, right? Mm. So I told her, you know what, Luna? I'm eating broccoli now. When you were in my tummy, you told me you wanted broccoli. So I ate a lot of broccoli. Mm. So how come you're not eating it now? Right? She's like, no, I didn't. I'm like, yes, you did. You were my tummy. I made you. So I know better. (laughs) And I let that sink in. Oh, that's like Jedi mind trick right there. Right. So then I let it sink. And then uh, two or three days later, when I was eating broccoli again, I was like, "Mm." back then you wanted me to buy a lot of broccoli and eat a lot of broccoli because you really needed something from the broccoli to grow. And because I was doing this in in such a non-offensive way Mm -hmm. and in a fun way because I then started like dancing around and like I ate the broccoli and it was really good she came around but it took solid four months mm. oh wow yeah she's a stubborn little determined yeah that will, that will serve her later in life but yeah, yeah. It's- but it's not easy I'm not saying it is easy but you can't like um and it's okay if she doesn't eat broccoli for first four months she's not gonna die she's not going to die she is going to be fine she eats other things. She can get the nutrients from broccoli. They're not exclusive to broccoli. At least mm-hmm. most, the critical nutrients are not exclusive to broccoli. Yes. Broccoli has some exclusive things in there or the cabbage family, but it's fine. But you need to find fun ways. Maybe that's the shopping list. Maybe that is uh, the experiment. Maybe it's mashing and pureeing it. Maybe them doing it. Uh, maybe you get a friend who you know is eating it. And then all of a sudden the friend is eating it. And your child gets inspired, right? Um, there's a lot of ways. 
uh, to go about this. But again, it comes back to the parents and the parents are working and it's really hard. I know. Mm-hmm. It is so damn hard. <laughs> It is so it is. It, And then you go to a restaurant and boom, chicken nuggets run. Yeah, all thoughts of broccoli and dancing out the window. Right, yeah. and she's not going to eat a kale salad because mm-hmm. she's four years old. Have you seen a four-year-old chow down kale, kale salad? Very unlikely uh, scenario, even for my plant-based children. Yeah. Because the texture, the, whole, the, the chewing thing, they can't even chew that well. Uh, it, it just doesn't work, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's... That's really good advice. And I love that you highlight like not to obsess about it because I think a lot of parents, you know, we all yeah. have our things about our kids that we over worry about and we, they, we almost yes. become obsessed and especially when they're young. Oh my gosh, they're not eating. Are they growing? Yeah. You know, and then doctors will be, I was having this discussion with someone the other day, doctors will be very quick, you know, kids go through all their own different growth spurts and periods. But and yes. even when my son was little, like, oh, well, you know, that curve of growth, you know, he's not on it. Like he's too tall or too this or too, you know, that. And as parents, we don't know because we're supposed to trust this research that was done, what, in the 1950s or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And when they're not falling on that line, then we become so worried about it. And the same thing I find a lot with eating. And to listen to this is just mind blowing to me. Yeah. Every educated doctor should actually know that this is just, a range that's yeah. all there is to this it's a range yeah if everything Plus else seems to be working it. hopefully Compared everything to is my, okay uh, native genetically german uh, friends in germany and in school i am small they are taller am people. i uh, yeah exactly they're tall mm-hmm. i'm one meter 64 they're one meter 89 yeah right i, I mean there are ranges and there's ranges of normal right norm the norm being the norm so that they even freak you out like that is just um i'm really sad to hear that i really really am sad to hear that there's this great 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 pediatrician that i follow that i admire who's the chairwoman of pan the physicians mm-hmm. association for nutrition which i recommend everybody to have a look at they have mm-hmm. a lot of really good uh knowledge pieces so information pieces in there free webinars and seminars and recordings on food and nutrition They have it on German as well as in English. So it's really, really cool. And uh, she's a chairwoman. She's my favorite pediatrician. She's plant-based. She's plant-powered pediatrician. Uh, her name is Carolyn uh, Weidman, like W-I-E-D-M-A-N-N, Weidman. We'll put that in the show notes. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll message you the details. thank you. And she's amazing. And she is, she's, bringing up a lot of these topics on her feet on Instagram. Uh, she was in English. Now she's in German, unfortunately. Oh. Uh, but she's bringing up all of these topics because they, she's encountering them. Uh, the parents come and they're like really concerned and they've been told that the child is not on this growth chart. And uh, it's just really, really sad, really sad to hear that. Yeah. That's good that she's sharing more about it though. I think it yeah. is changing, but it's a slow process, right? So yeah, it is. The new is. generation the, of doctors yeah. are becoming more educated about some of these things. Yes. Yes. Right, thankfully. Yes. And we're working with the, we're working very closely with them on a few projects and are continuing to work with them. And it, they're an amazing bunch of people with lots of good, very good information out there. 
for adults as well as for children. Amazing. I'm going to check it out after yes, our yes. discussion. I'm excited. I, I always love finding new, you know, sites or new discussions or, you know, things that are really working. I will definitely check it out. Wonderful. Well, I think I've taken enough of your time, but I do believe that we could talk for another four or five hours about this topic because there's so much we could go into. So we'll have to have you back on the show. um, And maybe we can go into a little more in depth about different, um, you know, topics in in, uh, a deeper way. Thank you yes. so much for being here. It was so me. very insightful. And also, if you're listening, I want to say, please watch for Sprouts. Also on the Diapoint website, you will be able to also purchase Sprout that way as well through us. Um, and also in the show notes, we have all the, the Sprout website. They have some great resources as well. Um, their contact information. If you have any questions at all for Oz, feel free to reach out. You can send sure. it to us. You can send it directly to her. There. Their food really is amazing and packed with nutrients. And if you don't know where to start to get more macronutrients into your child's life and more whole plant-based foods, this is a wonderful place to start. And it's created by somebody that knows that has studied the topic deeply and also is really passionate and cares about the topic. It's not, you know, just for the the sake of doing it, it really has a lot of love uh, put into it, which which is also really important. So thank, thank you once you. again, and I can't wait to see you back soon. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. I really love this. It's a topic that's also very near and dear to me, even though we focus on diabetes a lot. Food is everything for everyone. It's our source of life. And we should be eating healthy, plant-based food that we enjoy, that we love. We should be introducing our kids to plant-based foods that is healthy for them. They need more than ever. Nutrition is so important as their lives are changing so quickly due to technology and so many other changes in their world. So nutrition is, to me, more important than it ever was because things are becoming more processed. People want more fast foods, no time, and all of these other things together can make for a really bad combination. However, there's a lot of beautiful things happening out in the world. For example, Sprout is one of them. And we're super happy that we've been able to partner with them to bring you some very special offerings. You can find those on the Diapoint website, uh, maybe at the time that you're listening to this or very soon after. And we'll share those in our social media. Please check the show notes for everything that we've talked about and more tips and other information about Sprout. I look forward to seeing you at the next show.